This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Snap to Carr on the shotgun, back to pass, climbs the pocket, eyes downfield, fires a strike to Devontae the 25, breaks away 20, 15, 10, 5, dives, touchdown Raiders! And it's dropped on the field, Raiders pounce on top of it, Butler fall on it, it's still loose! Pittman fell back on it, if it's a fumble, he got back on the football yes, field. Yes he did! Just fall on the football! Link, who came into this game, and really, it's felt like this for the last couple of weeks, like these are must-wins. This felt like a got-to-have. And today, they had a much better second half than first again. But as Matt Ryan takes that final knee, unfortunately, the result's the same. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. It's our Monday night spot. Of course, the Eagles and the Washington Commanders will take the field a little bit later on, and we'll be here for all the action. Come on by and get some food specials, some drink specials, and enjoy the game this evening as week 10 of the NFL season gets wrapped up. Join us now on the phone lines. Knows a little something, something about the Eagles. Former NFL defensive back, that's Mark McMillan, spent some quality time there in Philly, spent some quality time there in KC. Longtime man in the NFL at the highest level did it. Mark, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, my man, and Let's just start off with the big elephant in the room, which is in the locker room. And it seems like there's a big disconnect. Derek Carr, very emotional at the podium. Devontae Adams in his own way. The last few weeks have talked about not really a buy-in from everybody. When you hear these guys speak and you see what's going on in the field, as a former guy that's been plenty of in the locker room for a long time, what are your thoughts? Um, I, 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 it's not rocket science. You know, I know people like to speculate, like, well, you know, maybe uh, things are okay. Things are a disaster in that locker room. When you have your two leaders, uh, you know, speaking the same kind of language, but your head coach and your owner are speaking a different language, that's a problem. And, you know, obviously seeing Derek Carr being emotional yesterday, uh, seeing Devontae Adams, who's one of the best receivers in the game, still being effective, but speaking out about the locker room and guys not buying into uh, the system. And you've seen it the last couple of weeks, man. It's like it's – what we call as a player, former player, it's selfish football. You know, there, there's plays out there that, that should benefit the team, but it seems like these guys are out there for self. And, and it's showing up uh, week in and week out. Um, you know, I know Raider fans are tired of hearing about, you know, the process and, you know, Josh is getting up and saying the same uh, same speech every week. You know, you, know, you, you would think at some point, uh, bang a podium, you know, uh, throw a clipboard or, or show some kind of emotion. You know, there, there's nothing – uh, coming from that, and then I see Mark Davis giving him uh, giving him his flowers, talking about he's doing a good job. Right. Yeah, that's what uh, Ed Graney, we just talked to him a little while ago. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, he, he realized that uh, this was going to be a little bit of a process, and, uh, again, not happy with the record, but happy with the way that, you know, the, the regime with McDaniels and Ziegler and everybody is doing their thing. So if you're a player and you see that endorsement from the owner, what are your thoughts? Uh, call him my agent. Uh, you know, I'm calling my agent like, hey, man, you know, maybe this isn't, uh, you know, what, what I what I thought was going to happen. Um, you know, I ran into that situation in New Orleans, you know, being a free agent, uh, signing uh, out of Philadelphia, went to New Orleans. Uh, it didn't work out for Coach Moore. And then uh, Mike Dickey came in. And the exact same thing that I'm seeing with the Raiders, I saw Mike Dickey going on TV saying, hey, you know, we're thinking about going in a different direction. We want to be more physical on the corners, you know. And Eric Allen, we're sitting there looking like, wait a minute. You know, because Eric was on one side and I was on the other side, and he never really addressed me. 
You know, it was always talking in like third person of we need to upgrade, we need to get bigger, and he was pretty much talking about me. Right. And, you know, before that, I, I called my agent before uh, training camp broke, and I said, get me out of here. You know, I, I just didn't want to be a part of it. And the sink ship, you know, that, that, that ship sank, man, and it was a disaster. Uh, talking to Greg Jackson, Eric Allen, and uh, some of the guys that was there. I feel bad for those guys. And, I'm, you know, I end up going to Kansas City and having like two or three interceptions against that same team that said <laughs> I was too small. So, you know, I, I, I kind of see uh, the writing on the wall, and I'm sure some of these guys see the writing on the wall, and it sucks, man. And you know, Even covering the team, it's like uh, something has to happen. You know, right. if, if we go out there and speak up our job, we're not going to have a job. Right. And, you know, you guys out there, you got to hold these guys accountable. Uh, you know, that's that's something that uh, the Raiders haven't been doing of late. Uh, you know, you cut Abrams. Uh, you know, you make all kind of moves in the offseason. You spend a ton of money, and it's not paying off on the on the football field. I know fans have said, he, you know, it's too quick. It's never too quick to fire somebody if you're not doing your job. Talking right now with Mark McMillan here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, Mark, with eight games left, knowing that the record is 2-7, and seven, knowing everything that we just said and talking about the locker room that looks like it's in a bad position, as a player, what are you doing as you approach the final eight games? Like, if you can't get out of there, how do you do you do you put the your best work on film in order to maybe get a free agent deal somewhere else, or what? Do you, what is going through your mind as the player in that locker room? Um, as a player, you're still a professional. Um, you know, you're still getting paid to do a job, and you go out there to do the, the best that you can. I think in New Orleans, uh, we may have won one or two games after uh, Coach Moore stepped down, but you know, we knew as veteran players. Uh, me, myself, and I talked about Eric Allen a lot. You know, he was on that team with Greg Jackson. We had some, some veteran guys. Uh, Jim Everett was our quarterback. So we had some, some guys that bought in and said, hey, you know, regardless of our record, we're still going to go out there and, and do the best that we can. And obviously, you know, I was in that mindset. I knew I was going to be gone. Uh, so I went out and played play my best ball, man. And then the offseason, obviously, I get picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs. It was like Christmas. And, you know, I go on and, you know, have a really good career there in Kansas City. So, uh, you just got to put good stuff on film. Um, guys see it. The eye in the sky does not lie. Uh, you know, last week I heard the coach say, hey, we had a spirited practice. Uh, you know, the first couple of series, I think it was three and out. What, first two, two or three series, three and out. The fans are booing. You know, where's that enthusiasm? Where, where's, where's that fire, you know, as an NFL player? And the only guy I see out there every week, and we see it, man, is Max Crosby. Give me 51 other Max Crosbys, and you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, you will. You really will. Again, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. Mark's been a long time in the NFL as a defensive back. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Mark, what's it like in a locker room? Because that game with the coach, everyone's saying they cannot lose. Even on this show, we're saying the Raiders have no business losing that. <laughs> they got no business losing that game. So when you're on the field and you're going up against a team, when you know that this team is also in disarray more than you are, are you guys talking about that in the locker room? Obviously, you can't take any opponent for granted. But are those talks happening in the locker room? We should not have lost to this team. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you, first you got to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself and say, hey, did I do the best that I can do? Um, when you're facing a wounded team, uh, you know, especially this. Coach Saturday was – Jeff Saturday was coaching high school football where he had a losing record. Uh, he was he was t- hanging out with Swigoo and Ryan Clark and all those guys on ESPN. He comes into Las Vegas with no head coaching experience and beat a experienced coach that has Super Bowl rings. And, you know, you figure that locker room's got to feel like, man, it's, it's, it has to be the worst feeling ever as a professional. I know – People say, well, these guys get paid millions of dollars. But at the end of the day, we're competitive by nature. Uh, you hate to lose. 
Um, I'm sure those guys are not looking at any television. They're probably not listening to the show. <laughs> and, you know, they're just pissed off. And I, I, I've been there. You know, you don't, you don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, you lose, you're the bund of everything on social media. ESPN is talking about it. And here we are, you know, Mark Davis and, uh, you know, the head coach and the GM, they're like, hey, everybody's doing a good job. Like, wait a minute. Are you guys watching the same game and, and the same effort that we're watching from the booth? All right, something else I want to ask you about, sticking to the game, like the actual X's and O's, what did you see from the Colts that was so effective? Was it just about the Colts wanted it more and gave more effort? What did you see? Um, I knew going into this game, uh, obviously, you know, I had an opportunity to look at both sides, you know, from the Raiders warming up to the, uh, to the, uh, the Colts warming up. Uh, I just saw a little bit more spirit from, from those guys, and those guys were excited, uh, chest bumping each other and, you know, just playing for a coach, you know, as a former player, you want to play for your guy. And, you know, that's just something that I saw from the coach more than I saw for the Raiders. And you're seeing it week in and week out. It's like guys are really not buying in and playing for this guy. And, you know, the coach came out. They ran the ball effectively. Um, but, you know, Matt Ryan came in a lot quicker than the people, you know, probably thought. And, you know, Saturday thought, hey, we can get Ryan healthy. We can get Taylor healthy. We have a shot to beat this team. And you look at this, you look at the Saturday, coach Saturday's uh, tweet last week. The Raiders are horrible. You know, yep. he, he said the Raiders are horrible, and he goes out and beat them. So if that's not bulletin board material for you all week, like well, there's no way we're going to lose to these guys. And this guy, the coach is talking trash, and they got to come to our house. Come on, man! That's like somebody coming to your house and taking your fried chicken off your plate. Right. Should never happen. That should never happen, ever. You can't allow that to happen again. We're talking right now with Mark McMillan here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Looking just at the defensive side of things, Mark, uh, you know, a lot of people say that Patrick Graham's scheme may be too too complex. What, what I saw, and I'm look, I'm just a guy in the press box, what I saw, it seemed like it was very vanilla. It seemed like that there was nothing really complex about what they did yesterday. And to me, that's part right. of the problem. If you do go vanilla defense, you better be really damn good at it because if not, you're going to get picked apart. It looked like they got picked apart because it was really vanilla yesterday. Yeah, you would think that you know the guys will figure it out at some point. You know, uh, you know, like I said, there wasn't a lot of pressure, wasn't a lot of blitzing uh, going on. You know, obviously the, the corners played pretty well. But usually in that nickel spot, you know, you're seeing uh, obviously Hobbs is out. So you usually see a lot of blitzing coming from that nickel spot, putting a lot of pressure on him. Uh, Matt Ryan, what, sacked one time by Max Crosby. Yep. Uh, I think he had what, like almost a 40-yard gain on a busted play. Yep. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan, he has no idea what's, what it's like to run. And he, he's, he's running wide open. And, you know, for the defensive backs, man, there was a lot of guys out there that you can see clearly was not trying to tackle. Guys are arm tackling. Guys are pushing guys into the end zone. You have three guys on that last touchdown drive had an opportunity to stop the receiver, and all three of those guys missed. And as a coach, if you look at that, that effort is piss-poor effort right there. No, it really is. It really is. And, there, I mean, there's so much to take away from what you saw defensively, what you saw offensively. And, again, I was that guy that said the Raiders had no business losing on Sunday. Uh, but the, I didn't say that they weren't going to lose. I just said they had no business losing because of everything going on in Indy. And we saw how it all shook out. Mark, we got a text saying, can you ask Mark how is a leader quarterback that shows that much emotion in an interview, including tears, how is that accepted? Is that negative or is it a positive? Um, it's all about how you look at it. If I, you know, I, I said it uh, on the show last night, man. I, it, it's positive as a player. Um, you know, you know, you can say what you want about Carr, but the guy wants to win. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, maybe his skill set is not up to par as far as some of the 
top quarterbacks in the National Football League. But when you see a guy get up there, a grown, a grown man, we're talking about a, a, a sport that you, you're not supposed to be showing any uh, weakness or you're not supposed to cry. Uh, but, you know, as me, man, I, I, I would rally around that and be like, man, you know what? This guy has been a Raider from day one. Uh, you know, we got to figure out a way to uh, you know, get better on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I know the fans may throw jokes or all that, but, you know, like, man, I've been in a lot of these situations as well. Steve. My rookie year, uh, you know, we win in New Orleans as a rookie. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm balling. We go, to New Orleans, we go to New Orleans to win. Then we play the Cowboys, and I couldn't do anything right. You know, Mike Irvin and, and the Cowboys had everything going for them, and I cried on the sideline, and I remember that moment. And most of the guys came over and, and put their arms around me and said, remember this feeling. Uh, you know, we have your back 100%. And in that following year, man, I just dedicated myself and, and ended up being a pretty good player from that moment. But the guys rallied around me and said, hey, man, we, we hate seeing you go through that. Uh, you're a young guy that has a lot of talent and, and can do good things in this league. And hopefully those guys are rallying around Carr and be like, yo, man, guys that are hurt, guys that are maybe injured, guys that are missing meetings, like grow up, man. This is your job. Yeah, that was a great story that you told there, but I do think that there could be an issue with the team about those guys not rallying around each other. When it's this late in the season, do you think, I know that there's no time to have like a week getaway team retreat or anything, but could that they relationship... Had that. Yeah, had that in Jacksonville. Yeah, that was the big Florida trip. Yeah. But could that relationship, <laughs> could it be found in like these later weeks to be had, or is it already too far gone at this point? Um, when you look at it yesterday, man, it, it, it's really tough. And here's some of the off-the-field issues, the guys missing games and not injury-related. Those guys, that's a cancer, man. Those guys need to be gone ASAP. If you're really trying to build a culture around a program, if Carr is your guy, um, it, it doesn't seem like the management and the head coaches are backing Carr, in my opinion. You know, with some of the things that they're saying, is not aligning up to what he's saying. And, you know, it's showing up on the football field, uh, you, I, it's just hard to see, man. And, uh, you know, it, we had that situation in Philly. I keep going back. Randall wasn't playing well. Uh, what did they do? They benched him and brought in Rodney Pete. And Rodney Pete, we went on to win like four or five games. We ended up winning a, a playoff game. And, you know, if you're not getting the job done, you know, you got to make some changes. And guys are always getting cut and released every week. And now uh, you see some of the stuff that they're doing, bringing in guys. Look at Martinez. Martinez said, I'm done. I'm just going to yeah. work with some Pokemon cards. That shows us, that says a lot, man. A guy to give up millions of dollars to just say, hey, I'm done. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's a great point right there. Blake Martinez retired last week uh, in the middle of the week, just out of nowhere. He led the team in tackles the week before, and then all of a sudden, boom, decided <laughs> to retire right after that. Again, we're talking with Mark McMillan here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So when you have those inactives, and that was something that stood out to me, and today Joshua Daniels really expanded on it, but Matthew Butler we know for a fact, Neil Farrell Jr. we know for a fact were disciplined. That's why they were inactive. They didn't play. Those are rookies that didn't play because of some kind of discipline. And then you have guys like Cleve Farrell, who was not on the injury report, so I'm assuming he was probably a, a, a discipline as well. As he said, there was three guys. Yep. So what does that tell you in, in week 10 if you have to have disciplinary issues and, and make these guys inactive? Um, these guys are not bought into the system. Um, these guys don't care. It's all about them, uh, especially a young guy. If you're a young guy in the league and, and you're getting reprimanded, uh, for your disciplinary reasons, not football related, when you're losing games and you not have an opportunity to uh, step your game up and get on the football field, uh, that that says that you know the locker room is split in half. I wouldn't even say in half. You know, right. it, it's really bad. The best thing for the Raiders, 
is they're going on the road for the next couple of weeks and, you know, they can get away from uh, the crowd. But you're still going to carry those same cancer patients or players, however you want to call them, right. uh, you know, in that locker room. And, you know, uh, from, a, from a leadership standpoint, from a captain, I'm going to the front office and say, hey, we can't win with these guys. We need to find some guys that really want to win. Uh, bring up some new guys, and you got to you got to cut your you got to cut your losses. Uh, you know, nothing's going to change if you keep saying the same thing and keep putting the same players out there and keeping the same players on that roster. Yeah, those guys do not want to be here. So why keep them on the roster and continue to pay their checks? Yeah. No, you're you're right about that. You know, hey, when the check stops clearing, then there's an issue, right? So, yeah, no doubt about that. You can't change the people around you. You need to change the people around you. Mark McMillan is our guest. Thanks so much, my man. What do you got coming out? Grilling McMillan, what you working on, man? I know you're a man of many talents. What you got going on? <laughs> oh, man, I got a got an opportunity to work with this True Brew Coffee uh, company out here in, in Henderson, man. We're going to collaborate with my uh, Grilling McMillan infused olive oil. So I got six flavors, man. We're going to do some truffle fries. We'll do a Grilla McMillan burger. So there's a lot of stuff nice. going on, man. So I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to go to these next few pre- uh, press conferences. So yeah. uh, maybe I need to bring some Grilla McMillan burgers into the locker room or something, man. Get these guys fired up. But they don't get no sauce, no lettuce, no cheese, no bun, just meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, hey, man, you know what? Some might take that and be like, hey, that's a, that's a hell of a come up anyway, just because I know <laughs> that the burgers are fantastic. You're also doing, uh, you're doing a correspondence with Channel 8 as well, right? Yeah, man, every Sunday morning we do the Raiders pregame live. Uh, me, myself, and Ron, uh, and Chris, and uh, Kevin E, and, uh, you know, and Logan. We do a great job, man. I have, a, I have fun, man, waking up every morning and giving my little insight about the, about the game. Uh, so, man, it's a great platform. I'm excited uh, to be on Channel 8, you know, every morning. Tune in to your boy at 8 o'clock, 8 on Channel 8. And, you know, you can kick back, have some coffee. You know, uh, we're undefeated. I-, I tell you that. We haven't <laughs> lost a game yet. <laughs> I say the same thing, but fans will tell you otherwise. Fans will tell me I've taken a lot of L's this year, so there you go. I guess I'll take them. Well, Mark, thanks so much, man. It's always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, man. Keep up the good work, and don't worry about the haters, man. You guys are doing great. <laughs> Will do. Appreciate you. There he goes. Grillin' McMillan, Mark McMillan, spent a long time in the NFL as a defensive back and just brought you the insights to a locker room right there, let you know what it's like being in the locker room, especially when it's not all together as currently this one clearly is not. So many thanks to Mark for giving us plenty of time. Still on the way, Devontae Adams, Amik Robertson, Jerron Harmon, Richard Seymour, Jayon Brown, Sam Webb. We got sounds from them from the Raiders locker room. We want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We are at the Oyo. Inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge, we're here every single Monday night. We got some folks sitting around ready to watch some Monday Night Football action. We got the Hooters 2023 calendar. We got some hand sanitizer. We got some tickets. We got some IPAs. We got the uh, the hazy the hazy uh, IPA, the official IPA of the Las Vegas Raiders. It's all for you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do cartwheels. All you got to do is come and pick it up. It's that simple. Come on by. Say what's up. We're at the Oyo with, uh, with Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, joining us in the last segment. He he brought the heat. He brought the heat. If you missed that, make sure you go back and listen to the podcast version, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can check out all our work, all the podcasts, from the morning tailgate to JT the Brick to Unnecessary Roughness. You can always find everything on lvsportsnetwork.com. Matter of fact, the fight game. 
hosted by Damon Cotton on our sister station, 1230 The Game. You can find that podcast on there as well. And, of course, our ESPN Las Vegas shows, too, are all on the same website. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here for Monday Night Football. Got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. 69187, keyword r It's a text line. Jason in Maryland hit us up and said, Q, for weeks we've heard callers and textures say they want to see more emotion from D.C. He finally showed it, and I feel him. I feel like anybody who's ever competed has experienced the frustration of losing. I certainly could relate. Buda Baker did the same thing, basically, and nobody blinked an eye. Fans are forever fickle. For me, the most disconnecting thing about this team is the defense. If Graham does not have the personnel to run his scheme, why is he still running it? This is possibly the worst defense of the past five to six years. I need to hear more from PG. He'll talk to the media tomorrow. Uh, he said, I disagree on Jones. Quite a few NFL analysts brought up Chandler had five sacks game one, then five the rest of the year. That was always a concern to me. And uh, that's from Jason in Maryland. And you know what? When it comes to Chandler Jones, there was multiple people that I, I know for a fact when he was signed, people hit us up and was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, there was a lot of uh, the numbers look good on paper, but if you really look at the breakdown, it wasn't there. Uh, and I know, Jason, you were one of them. I remember uh, specifically you hitting us up because uh, you hit us up quite a bit. But uh, I remember that specific comment about being a little questionable on Chandler. And I remember having someone, and I don't know who it was, Damon, we had somebody on the radio talking about Arizona, and I think you asked the question, well, how are they going to be with the pass rush? It was the locked-on Cardinals guy, I remember. Oh, was it? So yeah. whoever the locked-on Cardinals person Alex is. Alex Clancy, yeah, yes. Alex Clancy. And then I, I believe their answer was, well, it's not really that big of a loss because he did all his damage in one game and then – you know, he was kind of suspect or whatever, so-so the rest of the season. So, yeah, there was a lot of folks. I remember doing national radio and people calling in like, yeah, Chandler Jones, eh. You know, not really what it is. And I'll say this, and I would love to hear from Chandler Jones because I feel like throughout the course of training camp and preseason and from the moment he's been with the Raiders, he's been pretty accessible for the media and has really been willing to answer our questions. But I haven't seen him lately. Again, I only go to the, the home games. I don't travel with the team. But even yesterday, as soon as we got into the locker room, he was out of there. He was gone. I would love for him to stand up and say, hey, this is what's going on from a leadership point of view. If, even if he's not getting it done on the field, he's also been brought into the team to be a leader uh, in that locker room. And to not hear from him is kind of, you know, it's kind of disappointing, to say the least, right? I mean, we hear from Max Crosby all the time. Uh, Devontae, it's so funny. He'll stand there in front of his locker, room, locker and he'll be, you know, getting dressed. And he'll know as soon as he's almost all the way dressed that, well, I know as soon as I turn around, there's going to be 10 people staring at me. And that's what happens every single time. And he has no problem holding court and talking and, and spending a few minutes. And Meek Robertson always will give us, you know, some time. There's some guys that just are always willing to give us some time. Uh, usually Clee Farrell will give us some time, but he was inactive yesterday. Uh, so there's that. But I would love to hear from Chandler Jones because, again, he, we haven't talked to him in, I don't know, it feels like forever. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's go to San Antonio, the Lone Star State, and talk to Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'll go straight to the point. Another miserable Monday with another miserable week, another miserable season that's going straight to rebuilding. I know they're saying it's not rebuilding, but it is. let's call it what it is. It's rebuilding. The locker room's cannibalized. Players are calling each other out. They're calling the coaches out. Coaches are oblivious, saying everything's fine. The owner's giving the stamp of approval. And I get it. We're not going to fire Josh McDaniels, so now you've got to give him this opportunity. But this team has players that have either bought in but are not executing, players that have not bought in and need to get out, and players that have either bought in or have not bought in that don't have the skill to be on this team to either play the scheme and the system that this coach wants to run or just basically make plays and effort. 
So what happens now? You got to blow up the team. You got to blow up the team because this team has holes everywhere, and you have players that are not that are not playing up to their value, and you have a, a coach that wants to run a system that gets way too much credit for the success that has happened in New England. That if you look back when he re- when he was a coach in Denver, had no success, and when he was a, 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 a Offensive coordinator in St. Louis that one year that he has not been, that he was not with New England, averaged 12 points per game, per game on a 2-14 and 14 team. So here's the, here we go again. Another rebuild, and this is where this franchise is at. Now, for better or worse, we're going to have to ride it out. But in two, three years, we're going to be right back at square one, rebuilding this and blowing it up. Uh, John Gruden took, the, took us to the playoffs two years, 2000-2001. One of those was an AFC championship game. What happened? Al Davis didn't want to extend him. Very next year. He- All right. Th- th- thank you for the call. We're getting a history lesson now. But you had some really good stuff to talk about, so I want to get right to that. Like you said, you're going to get right to the point. we got a lot of callers to get to. But you talked about the rebuild or it's not a rebuild and call it what it is. You know what I mean? And I get that. And Hondo Carpenter actually asked head coach Josh McDaniels about that earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when he said, hey, when you took over, when you signed on to be the head coach, uh, they asked Mark Davis, him and others asked Mark Davis about, is this a rebuild? Is it not a rebuild? So, and he said, no, it is not. And so where is the state of the franchise right now? We're, you know, we're, we're, we are building. Um, I never use the word rebuilding or anything like that. Uh, it's the National Football League. You don't have enough. Um, there's not five years to do that. So we, we know that. Um, I think there's a, a process that we're trying to go through. Um, certainly slower and more painful than anybody wants it to be. Uh, we share the same sentiment. Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, when you, when you go through change, uh, there's, some, there's some things that you're going to see initially, and there's some things that you're going to see over time. And, you know, when you have enough opportunity to make those evaluations and then try to get it right eventually, um, you know, that's the opportunity that you're hoping for, you know. So, um, we, we can control we can control going forward. Um, like I said, I have no issue with where, where our effort is or our intentions. Um, certainly the results are not what anybody wants them to be. Uh, but, you know, we're going to continue to build and try to do the right thing as we evaluate it going forward. And, and that's all of us. I know that. I'm not going to stand up here and address, you know, that every single week. But, you know, we all, we all know we're evaluated on what we do, and it's a production-based business. Yeah, it's a, it's a production-based business, and that was uh, head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the state of the franchise. Again, Hondo Carpenter asked that question earlier today at the media session, and that really I thought that went really well with Joe and San Antonio's call, so that's why I wanted to get that in real quick. DeMond, great job getting that on for us. Raider Joe, not Joe from San Antonio, but Raider Joe from San Ramon said, and I had to laugh when I read it on our text line, it is what it is, you know, since, since it seems that all McDaniels likes to say after we look pathetic is it is what it is, and you know, and it's funny, right when I read that, he was just saying it is what it is on that sound bite right there. But thank you, uh, Raider Joe from San Ramon. Uh, some of my old stomping grounds right there. I definitely appreciate you. Let's go out to the 916, man. Rudy in Sacramento, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's going on, Q, man? I appreciate the, the time here. For sure. Um, hey, you, you know, it's a trip, man. Even just listening to you right now with, uh, you know, talking about McDaniels, you know, I'm going to say it is what it is, too. He, he's a horrible coach. It is what it is. Um, I think the, the, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You, you look at this team last year, and I'm going to kind of comment on what somebody said earlier 
Um, you, you, you know what? You don't get fluke wins like that and, and reach the playoffs the way that this team did when they were in turmoil. All of that stuff that happened last year, some way they found a way to get in. That, that's not a fluke. You know, that's the team 100% buying in. Uh, that's, that's the quarterback uh, taking the team to the playoffs. And so, you know, to, to me, you know, the, everybody keeps on talking about this execution thing and all of that. It, it's bad coaching. You're going to tell me that these same players last year were able to execute and get into the playoffs, but then this year, all of a sudden, they have amnesia and they don't know how to execute anymore? It, it's not that. It's the coach. They're not buying into his system because he's not a leader of men. And that's the bottom line. Carr is not the problem. You know, Carr, if anything, not, not to say he hasn't made mistakes before, but with him, it's like he's pressing so hard because he wants this team to win so bad that sometimes he just gets in these situations where, you know, he's just trying to do too much. But you look at him when he's had talent around him and when he's had a stable, uh, you know, offense around him. I'm talking about stable as in more than one year, right? All the OCs he's gone through. And, you know, he's gone 12 and 4. He's gone 10 and 7. A couple bumps in the road, you know, even a couple 7 and 9 seasons and he had 8 and 8 season with, with Chucky as things were turning around. So he, he's not the problem. This, this dude is a no, very No, we didn't say he was. Th- th- thank you for the call. We didn't. We didn't. Not one time on this show in the last hour and thirty six minutes did we say Carr was the problem ever. Uh, but I, I understand where you're coming from. And look, Josh McDaniels has to prove that he's a good head coach. He has to prove that, and he hasn't proven it yet. I can agree with you one hundred percent. But again, we got a ton of callers. We got a lot of content to get to. So I don't want to. I don't want to go on big three, four, five minute rants. I want to just go ahead and get the point in. Boom, boom. Just you know what you got to say and roll with this. So I no one. No one's questioning Carr. Nobody. If anything, I gave him props. Because I know he cares, so that that was I mean that was one of the biggest points of the show was the fact that that Carr actually you know is one of the ones that is on board. Now Josh McDaniels still has a lot to prove, you know he really does, and so that's that's to be determined still. TBD, uh, I can't answer that. Well, you can't answer that. Demond can't answer. It. Nobody can. It, it's it's going to be the proof is going to be in the pudding. You know, are you going to win games? Are you going to take this team where it needs to be? Just like the owner Mark Davis paid you to do. That's and, and as he said in that soundbite, it's a production-based business, and they're in the business of producing. And right now, at 2-7, and seven, they're not producing. One guy who is producing, though, is Devontae Adams. Uh, he does everything he can. I really can appreciate his extra effort. When they have to have third and nine, and he runs you know, four or five yards, he makes sure he picks up that five or six yards to get that first down. He'll give you everything he's got. He throws his body on the line. He's diving into the end zone. He's trying to make it happen. He can't do it all on his own, but... Nine catches, 126 yards, a touchdown yesterday, uh, and he probably could have put a lot more up. But uh, they, early on in the game, they weren't really clicking. But the, after the game, uh, we did catch up to Devontae Adams in the locker room. Here was that conversation. What are you feeling right now, Devontae? Same thing as last week, same thing as all the other weeks, pretty much. What was said you know, after this one just in terms of kind of moving forward, making sure everybody kind of stays locked in here? I mean, ain't, ain't no magic message, just – I mean, what, based, we're going to keep what was said in, in-house. Wasn't nothing crazy, but, I mean, just, you know, we had a conversation we have as a team, and that's kind of that. I don't know. I don't know. Take us through that last play there, um, the fade ball in the end zone. Ran the route, he kind of inched back, and the ball went up. Made a good play on the ball. What happened in the first quarter that, that led to so much struggles, but then it seemed like the offense was able to kind of find its feet later on in the game? I mean, we played behind the, you know, the sticks as usual. That's, that's how we played, you know, and, and that's when we don't have success on offense. So holding penalties, you know, a bunch of bullshit. 
that just, you know, doesn't allow you to move the ball and have realistic shots at converting. And that's where we lived a lot of this year, and that's what happened. What's it going to take to kind of turn this around going forward mindset-wise, just message-wise? Just got to stay the course, man. It's, it's, it's easier said than done, but just got to stay the course. Got to have everybody on the same wavelength. Everybody's got to go out there and put everything into it, you know what I mean, throughout the week. And then Sunday's supposed to be fun, and that's the least fun day of the week right now. So um, that's a problem. We got we to fix that. What's the message from Josh McDaniels been these last couple of weeks? I mean, it's been the same thing, you know, just you guys got to play for one another, play a, a full game, and, you know, that's, that's 60 minutes from start to finish, coming out starting fast and then closing out games, making plays when, when you know, taking on that burden, wanting to be the guy that, uh, you know, or the or wanting to be on offense when it, when it's time or wanting the ball or, or wanting to shut it down when you're on defense, just wanting to be the guy to make the play. And, you know, I just don't got enough guys that are that are fully bought into that right now. And I think people like the idea, but when it's time to actually execute, it's, it don't turn out that way. Is that is that the problem, that guys aren't bought in? I don't think it's a, a buy-in. I don't think people are like, you know, F what he's talking about or, you know, I'm going against the grain. It's just about a matter of executing when it's time, whether that's early. And 60-minute game means, it doesn't mean just finishing. You know, that's part of it, but it means a complete game. Every every minute of the game, giving it all you got. And it's not about being perfect because it's not, it's not football. Football is the most imperfect, most team sport that there is. So at the end of the day, it's, it's doing your job and, and, and making making the plays when, when you called on and when you get the opportunities. And we just don't do that at a high enough level right now. Devontae Adams in the locker room following the game last night. And, I mean, he said it right there. I know Derek was emotional. Devontae was emotional, too, in his own way, right? And uh, he let it be known that it sounds good. Everyone wants to be the guy until it's time to be the guy. And what he means by that is on third and nine, when you have an opportunity to get off the field, get off the field. Make the play. You know, when, when there's a ball on the ground and all you have to do is fall on it to, re- to, to recover the fumble, fall on it. Don't try to be a big man rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. You know, don't try to be that guy. You fall on the ball. That fumble, and I say it in baseball all the time. I mean, if you watch sports at all and you watch baseball, anytime you allow a team to have an extra out, it always comes back to bite you. Like, guaranteed, 99.9% of the time, if you don't catch that fly ball, if you don't get that, that throw out at first base, if an error, if the ball goes under your leg, whatever the case is, you watch baseball. If you watch it every single time you allow a team to have an extra out, it always comes back to bite you. Darian Butler not falling on the, the ball when it was a fumble. Sam Webb, the undrafted free agent, made a hell of a play. Made a hell of a play to knock that ball away. Darian Butler has to fall on that ball and recover it for the Raiders. Good teams make that play. Bad teams don't fall on the ball and allow the Colts to get the ball back. And the very next play, what happens? Six. Simple. It happens every time. You have That's the difference between, and that's what's funny, is there's not a big difference between really, really good teams and teams that are just okay but the okay team will make that play once in a while the really good team will make that play consistently i can give a perfect example of this happened in the nfl season just last week or two weeks ago the falcons and the chargers the defensive lineman for the for the falcons he picks up the ball you know gets the fumble recovery but he fumbles it the chargers get it and they go back and win the game where it's just like you said the good teams are somehow they get those plays to happen the teams that are struggling like the falcons where it's just can't get right Yep. It just it, goes wrong. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's the name, name of the game, man. You have to – and that's what Devontae Adams is talking about, about executing and making plays when, when it, it matters and not just finishing games but starting. Look how bad the Raiders started. I mean, laughable, they had a third and 30. 
Think about that. Who the hell has third and 30? The Raiders did. You know, I mean, I, I remember I was, like I said, sitting in the, in the press box next to Amber Theo Harris, who does a fantastic job of Silver and Black Today Productions. Of course, Sirius XM Radio. She's a guest on the show quite a bit. And I looked up and I said, is it really third and 30? And she said, yeah, unbelievable. Like, she wrote it down in her notes. She's like, I have to write this down, that it's third and 30. That can't happen. What play are you, what play are you dialing up in your book to convert third and 30? I, I, I'll wait. You tell me what kind of play you're coming up with. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. So that's holding penalties, like Devontae said. It's just, it's just bad, poor play. Even if you're not a good offensive line, don't, don't make it worse by, by having a holding penalty. Or a tripping penalty. I, mean, I think the Raiders got called for tripping yesterday more times than I've heard them call for tripping all season. It's ridiculous. Another thing that Devontae said there was Sunday is not fun. Where it's supposed to be yeah. the most fun day of the yep. week. So that lets me know that it's not affecting his play on the field. But that thing, for me, I'm taking the context of, hey, man, they're going in there like, here we go and again. you know what? It, it might not be from our distance affecting his play on the field. But everyone does everything better when they're having fun. Right? And I'll tell you right now, if I – if let me tell you, this is no disrespect to any job that I've ever worked in radio. If this was not a fun job, I wouldn't be doing it because it sure as hell ain't for the pay. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like the pay is overwhelming, right? I'm not rolling around in a Rolls Royce. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. So it's not – you know, the job is fun. It's supposed to be fun. If you don't go out there and have fun, there's something wrong. Now, they're, of course, being compensated really well, so there's that. But these guys, like Derek Carr said, they put their body through so much trauma. These guys are one play away. Literally every single one of them is one play away from never playing again. So if they're going out there and busting their backside Monday through Friday in practice trying to get ready for the reward, the payoff, which is a game on Sunday, yeah, it's supposed to be fun. And right now, Devontae Adams, who's one of the best in the business, is not having fun. Think about that. He's not having fun. And he has seven touchdowns on the season. He has, you know, what, 700-something yards, whatever. I don't know what his exact numbers are, but he's got, he's got decent numbers. Imagine if he was actually having fun, how many numbers he'd have or what it could look like. It's just it's, it's one of those things, man, and it takes to, for everyone to go out there and have fun. Like Josh Jacobs is having a hell of a season. You think he's having fun? Guarantee he's not because they're not winning. Josh Jacobs is a guy who comes from Alabama. You know what they do there? They win. <laughs> right? Devontae Adams comes from Green Bay. You know what they did there? They won. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. Winning is fun. Everyone loves to do it. Fans love to win, right? It sucks not to win. You walk out of Allegiant Stadium. I walk out of Allegiant Stadium and walk to lot 89 to go to my car, and I can hear a, uh, I can hear a, a, a mouse piss, right? It's that simple, except for the Colts fans that are celebrating, you know. Or whatever fan fan is riding around on the little back of the scooter, having a good time. Nobody likes to spend money and take trips and lose. Winning is fun. Winning is fun for everybody. Three forty-five is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got plenty more where that came from. Please believe that. Plus more of your calls and texts. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Q. The Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. The Eagles in Washington will take on 
each other on these big screens that are here. So come on by, check out all the action. Of course, we got plenty of prizes to give out to you, and there's a lot of drink and food specials going on here again in the Underground Lounge every single Monday night. You can catch us here checking out the action, and you can be here with us. Got a lot to get to, a lot of angry fans, a lot of frustrated fans, and frustration all around, and I'm not mad at that at all. I totally understand it, and believe me, as a fan, as a long, long, long-time member of Raider Nation, sitting in the press box watching the Raiders put out their performance on the field frustrates me too. Believe me, I talk about doing, having fun in the, in the last segment. Doing podcasts and radio is a lot more fun when teams are winning. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. It's something I get excited for, man. It's like when they're losing, you might be a little bit more sleepy when that alarm goes off at 530. You know, when they're winning, it's like, man, let's just jump out of bed. Let's go. Let's get busy. Now it's like, ah, it's a little cold, a little tired. Maybe I'll stay. Maybe I'll hit the snooze button one time. The ball game just changes, man. Winning, winning cures all. Got a lot of texts and calls to get to. 702-365-9200. Also 69187, keyword R&R. Zeke and Bakersfield brought up, talking about fun. He brought up a really good text. Uh, Q, Ryan Clark said before the season started, when he was at training camp, it looked like the team wasn't having fun. That resonated in my mind, and it shows. Now they aren't having fun, and it begins to drag to go into work. His scheme can work, but I think the coaching style needs to be different. These are men playing football, and to win, you need to have fun. Again, that's from Zeke in Bakersfield. He brings up a really good point, and when Ryan Clark, who's on ESPN, he also hosts the Pivot Podcast, uh, he was on this show, Unnecessary Roughness, and I asked him about his observations from training camp. What was it that he saw that stood out to him? Well, I thought Josh McDaniels was way too uptight, and camp was way too uptight. It was not fun. That's the first thing. Um that's what I really recognized. Um, gotcha. that, that, that the Patriot, the Patriot way has traveled to Las Vegas. <laughs> um, but I think, I think the, you know, when you when you look at this team, you understand up front defensively they're going to be phenomenal with, with with what they can do off of the edge. Obviously, Perriman in the middle is a stalwart at the backer. Your questions are in the secondary. Does more take that next step? Right? Is Rocky Sin coming over from? Indianapolis, is he going to be able to do all the things you need him to do at that left corner? Uh, how does Pat Graham kind of cover up for some of the things that you'll miss with Jonathan Abram in space and in coverage, but how do you utilize his strengths, the run, the hit ability, the blitz ability, you know, in dime and sub packages? And so I think to me, the secondary um, is the biggest question. And I think you saw some of that early on. Keenan Allen was able to go off. We saw Carter uh, in the slot was able to make some plays as well. Um, for Los Angeles, and so I think once they understand how to manipulate the back end and zone, fire zone, uh, man coverage, and what everyone does best, I think that's when we'll see this team start to play better defensively, but that takes time. There you go. Ryan Clark, who was a guest on Unnecessary Roughness, and that was, uh, what, one, two weeks into the regular season? Uh, he was here in, uh, in, in training camp and uh, was able to check out the practices, and he said that the guys weren't having fun. That was the biggest thing right there, and uh, you heard him. He thought that the Raiders were going to be phenomenal, in his words, not mine, uh, on the defensive line with what they could do coming off the edge. So I guess going back to a text we got earlier in the show, I guess he lied to you too, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, the, th the thing about it is you could be wrong. <laughs> you could be wrong, right? I mean, man, it's so funny. Like, there's no agenda for anyone to come in here and say something that we don't think and say it. You know, there's no reason for any of us to come in and say something that we don't believe. If I don't believe something, I'm not going to tell you that. I don't, there, there's nothing I gain from that. The only people who gain from saying stuff that they don't really believe are Skip Bayless and cats like that. Those are the only cats that actually gain from saying nonsense and foolishness. 
and that's only because they make tens of millions a year to do it. I couldn't sign up for that. I guess I got too much integrity. It's a damn shame. I couldn't not me. <laughs> like, oh. Tomas said, not me. <laughs> oh, I'd sell out in a heartbeat for a couple million. <laughs> this is a disgrace. Oh, let me practice right now. <laughs> LeBron does not have a clutch gene. He don't want it. I could be better. I love it when they say, you could put me out there. It's like, okay, let's see it. Well, I mean, look, I, I do have DB skills, as Vegas Jess will tell. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, 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 we were talking to Deron Harmon last night, and I, I wanted to tell him because I t- remember I said next time I saw him in the locker room, I was going to tell him the story. But given the situation, I was like, not ah, the I right guess, time. Yeah, not the right. Know the room. Read the room, <laughs> Q. Read the room. It's no time to make a joke. But I almost did. I almost told him like, hey man, totally off the subject. But I was the one that you know took the fu- the the fall. Uh, going up against Vegas Jess. But. All right, y'all, behind baseball, I challenge Q to go run some routes outside of Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, there was no ball, but I don't think Q wanted to smoke. Are you serious? <laughs> did he really? Did he, there was no ball. But I, I, if there was a ball, I don't think he wanted to smoke is what I'm saying. Tamon, are you kidding me? This dude. <laughs> we got to go to break, so he I mean. just manufactured something out of nothing. I made the call into Vinny to see if he could join us, but uh, if he can't, that's okay. Uh, he has a piece out right now that I'm very interested in uh, picking his brain. If he doesn't join us now, he'll join us uh, at least tomorrow. Sources, Raiders' frustration grows over Waller's absence. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about – we also hear some more from Amik Robertson. He was in the Raider locker room after the game. We'll hear from him. Get to some more of your texts. We'll do all of that coming up next as we kick off hour number three. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.